Welcome to Rebel Health Radio, bringing the best in alternative and integrative medicine to your ears. Hi everyone, Patricia Warby, Alchemy Therapies here and another in my ongoing series of conversations with colleagues who do similar work to me, working with the unconscious mind and the mind-body connection. Delighted to welcome my friend and colleague, Linda Witchell, uh, this afternoon. And Linda, it's been a long while since we've seen each other, but it's always good to connect. And I, I just wanted to find out... I know you do you do hypnotherapy and you do counselling and you have this amazing combination that you sort of use with people. But how did you get to be doing what you do now? Well, hi there, Patricia. Yeah, I became a counsellor and hypnotherapist when I was in my other wonderful job, which was a nurse. Mm -hmm. And it was because I suddenly thought, you know what, there's so many people that need to talk about things And it's not necessarily about the physical aspects. And so I went off like lots of people do. And I did lots of counselling courses. And one of my counselling courses included hypnotherapy. And then when I got into hypnotherapy, I went, wow, this is just amazing because it can help people in a different sort of way. And so I went on and, you know, do what lots of people do, more qualifications, ended up with a master's in hypnosis, and now I'm doing a master's in psychology. So keep going with it. That's what I say. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how a lot of us can have alternative careers before we get into this work. And I certainly did. And, you know, I've been in chem- uh, clinical research and um, all sorts of jobs, actually, when I think about it. But um, I think what, what the power of it is that you're working with the the bigger part of the brain, aren't you? The unconscious mind, if you like, the the, the sort of eighty five percent rather than the fifteen percent, and you're able to actually influence that in subtle ways. So, I mean, what sort of areas do you focus on in particular? Um, well, I focus mainly on anything related to anxiety, and there's a, a very long list of things, everything from you know, fears, phobias, uh, you know, stress and anxiety at work, fear of public speaking, uh, to things related to bereavement and loss, because that's also got uh, an anxiety-related aspect to it. Oh, it absolutely does, yeah. I know probably the bereavement that I had when I was you know a young woman was was my father and he died quite suddenly and and I think that had long-term ramifications for me that I didn't even know at the time I mean you know the grief was horrendous Mm. and if if I'd had someone to sit and talk it through with I think you know I, I it would have been so helpful but of course I was completely against that at the time I was like I don't need help I'm gonna cope because that's how a lot of us are isn't it and Anxiety didn't really strike me until it's it sort of I was in my mid 30s and that's when it really hit me hard. It was sort of like bang and I was in this state of constant uh, anxiety. I actually used to shake um, to the point where I couldn't I couldn't hold my hand still. Oh, you know? wow. it, was, it was that bad. And of course, my, I wasn't sleeping and just there were there were some awful times. But the way I look at anxiety now is I sort of see it as a, a sort of surface awareness of something underneath that we're not looking at I don't know if you agree with that or disagree with that yeah yeah I do agree with that because say I specialize in anything related to anxiety and some people have got a lot of 
I mean, we all get anxious, it's a normal response, but it's when this anxiety becomes a problem and starts taking over your life, makes people worry a lot, or they can't sleep, or maybe they start having you know, bowel problems or things that are not easily explained. And it's very often because they suffer with some form of anxiety. Yeah. And so, some people will come to me specifically with anxiety issues because they recognize it, but there's many more people that might come with something like, oh, I don't know, uh, maybe they've got some sexual dysfunction or something and they and they come to me saying uh, uh yeah i've got this problem um but actually when we tease it apart there's a big anxiety issue there mm, yeah. beautiful yeah yeah well good i'm glad you raised that because i did actually want to to ask you a little bit about sexual dysfunction and, and sexuality in general because um, it's been my observation, actually, that so few people will talk about this. I mean, even in our therapy circles, it's very rarely mentioned as a specific issue. Um, mm. it's, it's often sort of brushed under the carpet as, as being, you know, um, unrelated to what's going on in people's lives. But it's so such a big part of people's lives to have connection with mm. others, isn't it? And intimate relationships. So how, how do you yeah. think it plays out with people? I think you're absolutely right, but I think there's some aspects of it that we have to acknowledge. And the first is that sometimes it's a cultural thing. Mm -hmm. So some countries are able to talk more openly about um, sexual problems than other cultures. Um, some cultures, you know, even if they do talk about it, it's perhaps not considered very important in life. But yes, that intimacy, that sexual connection with people is important. And it's, it's a, a basic human need that we need that intimacy, that connection with people in some way. So yes, certainly I always think about people's backgrounds, their culture, and of course, we then we've got some specific other cultures that might come into it, um, ways people have been brought up, maybe if there's a religious aspect to it, or maybe if it's, you know, if somebody's gone through some traumatic childhood where those things perhaps you, they don't want to talk about. It's, um, yeah, it's much, much bigger, this, this thing about talking about anxiety and, and sexual problems than a lot of people think. Mm -hmm. So I'm really pleased that you're homing in on that, Patricia, because, yeah, it, it, it's a big aspect. And it's, it's not just the physical things related to um, sexual issues. I mean, lots of people, they might... Yeah, some people come to see me, perhaps some men with um, an erectile dysfunction, and they've done the right thing, and this is really important, that they've gone to their doctor to check that there isn't a physical reason, or maybe they haven't got a, you know, a urinary tract infection or some other issue, um, and then they come to see me because of the psychological aspects, mm -hmm. and, you know, we will talk about a little bit about the actual what the issue is but we talk perhaps a bit more about any anxieties any traumas from the past 
and how that can have an impact on how they're feeling right now about themselves. Because if they don't feel safe, if they don't feel in control, if they feel um, they're not good enough in some way, then all these thoughts and feelings can have a big impact on the final result, which they see as their sexual performance. Mm. So, yeah, it's not, and it's not just males. I mean, Mm. females get a lot of these problems as well. They get perhaps, you know, arousal disorders or desire disorders. I mean, there's a lot of women out there that, that just sort of go off sex and they, they can't understand why. And it might be because they're, they're very stressed. They've got childcare issues. They don't feel good about themselves. And then that, that end result is that they don't desire that intimacy because there's so many other things going on. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think it's important to understand that desire actually is a function of our nervous system, isn't it? It's about relaxing enough with enough stimulation as well and having that perfect balance. Mm. And and if you've got other stresses in your life and other things going on, uh, the nervous system becomes overwhelmed and can't actually function in the way it's designed to. And Mm. so uh, the first thing that goes often is pleasure. Um, That's right. For men and women, you know, and and not just in a sexual way, but, uh, you know, joy, um, doing things that you love. Uh, I often see that's where... Um, people often stop they they carry on working because work is seen as being you know important for survival and we actually lose the joy of life and that's such a shame and it's such a sadness and and sad that we don't realize that so much of our functioning is is based on our emotional health you know Mm -hmm. I like what you've just said there because you see, I don't think it's all about the sexual act. Mm. Yeah. I think that, you know, intimacy is so much more about feeling close to somebody, feeling safe with somebody, mm. uh, feeling that you're wanted, that you're needed. Mm. And so, you know, it can be just as simple as getting that nice feeling when you hold somebody's hand mm. or if you like somebody to hug you, to put their arm around you. So it isn't always about the actual you know, intercourse. It's there's many aspects to um, you know the, the psychological uh, aspects of um, uh, sex and you know, trauma, etc. Yeah, yeah. And and thinking about what happened to you in your past experience, of course, which is what trains your nervous system how to interpret what's going on in your current environment. Um, past traumas can really impact the way you feel about yourself that you you touched upon it you said um feeling good about yourself you know Um, and and I, i i do want to use my own experience here because i think it's it helpful for people to understand how this plays out is you know for a long while in my early life i didn't really feel worthy of love and intimacy and connection and so i would actively kind of block it or sabotage it or i would just say oh you know I'm okay on my own and I don't, I don't need anyone and and those sorts of things. And even, even in, in sexual response, um, it would be a case of, Oh, I don't need that. You know, (laughs) it's just like um, to deny your own needs becomes a habit that you, you learnt when you were young, but it, it perpetuates in adult life and causes a huge amount of suffering actually when people 
you're involved with someone and they really want to be intimate with you so I mean mm. what what's your kind of take on past experience and how it kind of changes us well I think it's it's really important because obviously I've studied a lot to do with hypnotherapy mm. and the neurological side of things and you know although we don't understand exactly how it works there's a lot more into it that we do understand now and we can see that it's not just a placebo effect mm. um, so yes uh, when when I think about uh treatments like hypnotherapy, uh, it's all about uh, understanding the patterns that people have, the, the behaviors that have been reinforced over many years, and to be able to look at somebody's beliefs and say, well, is that really true? And that's why I like um, CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, because it links, it's so much part of hypnotherapy because it helps people to understand things consciously and make the effort to change the patterns consciously. But then we have the reframing, the, the, the reinforcement through positive suggestion subconsciously through um, the hypnotherapy. And, uh, you know, it just makes a great fit to be able to help people to move forward with things and to make changes to this, this pattern of not feeling good enough, this pattern of um, a belief that actually isn't always true. Mm. And in fact, most of the time, a lot of these negative beliefs are not true. Mm. You know, we're, we've all got something important to give in, in a relationship. It's just that sometimes we don't believe we have. Mm. I think that's that's very true. And it's often an unconscious belief and we're not always aware that we're holding these beliefs um, because, as you say, they've become a pattern that we haven't questioned because they've been with us so long and they've been so reinforced over yeah. so many years. And, and I think part of what we do, both of us, is we bring kind of the unconscious patterns into conscious awareness, you know, so that people can actually learn to take charge of, of their beliefs and, and start to reframe and repattern them and of course that has yeah. a physiological effect in the body of, of changing your body's experience of itself yes uh, away from shame which is a really big part of why I think sexual uh, discord and dysfunction happens so gosh mm. that's really interesting so we could talk about yeah. shame as well <laughs> something no one yes. else covers. I mean there's so many of these these hidden emotions down there so yeah mm. shame embarrassment guilt that's mm -hmm. a big one mm. you know people feel guilty oh I should be you know, performing the way that they perform on, on the television, you know, or mm. doing the things that, that other people do. But actually, we're all individuals mm. and we have to find that match with a partner that just works well with us and the partner. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, so interesting, isn't it? Yeah, there's a huge mismatch I think between what we see as acceptable and what actually feels good to us mm. you know and and for me of course growing up uh, gay and seeing only heterosexual examples of sexuality which I know it's impossible to imagine now but there just wasn't anything <laughs> there wasn't anything outside of men and women 
And, yeah. and so it's like what I am is not right because I don't fit the model that I'm growing up around. And and but even even heterosexual couples have that problem because they see these amazing images of this athletic sex. Mm. <laughs> not everyone can achieve that, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's uh, it's it's often how society uh, you know shapes us to it's like we have to fit in a certain way but that's not what humans are you know we're on this wonderful spectrum that there's some people at one end of the scale that might be yes what you would expect to see in society maybe male female and and having that perfect sexual relationship but there's many more people down the, the other end of the spectrum that are still you know hopefully happy in the way they decide that they want their relationships to work um mm. I, I i do sometimes get um people that come to see me about relationship problems because it's almost like everything isn't fitting into the norm so uh you know i might get perhaps an older person who says oh yeah but i don't want to move in with my partner and and you know being having sex every day and and doing all these things every day perhaps for that person it works better that they live in their house their partner lives in their house and then they just come together for fun and enjoyment and, and going out together and so it's it's whatever works with you with that consenting partner really yeah. uh, in an intimate relationship yeah, and I think we need, we need more diverse models of that, don't we, in order to feel good about our choices. And, and so having this conversation is actually quite groundbreaking because we can actually um, open up that dialogue with um, people listening today and, mm. and maybe considering their own choices in life. And um, one thing I'd kind of just like to finish up on is, is that, you know, a lot of our choices aren't conscious, you know. Mm -hmm. Choices of partner can often be based on on what's familiar to us. Um, yeah. And, and so we often choose. Uh, there is a joke that your first relationship is going to be with a facsimile of your parent. You know, um, it was certainly true for me. You know, I, I chose somebody that really reminded me of my father. So it was like um, it felt safe, but it's not necessarily right for me, you know. And so those initial choices are not always good ones, are they? That's true. Absolutely true. And sometimes people, they get in a pattern of making the wrong choices of their relationship because, again, it feels safe. You understand it. It's much easier to go perhaps with a negative relationship because that's what you've always done rather than understand why you get attracted to that person, that type of persons that's not helping you. And, uh, you know, hopefully as as therapists, practitioners, we're, we're very non-judgmental. We just want to go out there and do what we can do to help people to reframe and to understand and to um, know that, you know, some things are perfectly fine. And, you know, if, if that's what makes you happy in life and it's not hurting anyone else, then that's okay. Mm, yeah. Beautiful. All right, well, thank you so much for, for your input here. It's been fascinating. And um, I just, I just, I guess, what would be a piece of advice you would give to somebody, someone who's struggling with their sort of sexual expression? Have you sort of, before we finish, have you got some 
something that mm. you see time and time again that maybe could help well, of course um because my background it was a nurse and i'm quite research evidence based mm. i always say you know rule out any physical issues first if you've got a problem mm. so you know just go and have a, a, a general health check with your doctor if if you've got some um uh, to make sure there's no nothing physical going on there or occasionally some people take medications that mm. cause yes. some problems with their uh, with sexual dysfunction so have a check up first and if everything's okay then get help if you need it because there are plenty of people around like us that want to help you um you know and and it's just about finding the right person that that can understand you and listen to you well and help you to take things forward and it is worth me saying also that we're never here to fix people yeah that we don't have a, a magic wand that goes abracadabra you're fixed it's all about working together. It's a partnership to help you to find the right direction forward. Mm. So, a bit of a long answer, but no, no, but it's beautifully <laughs> said. Yes. I think get a physical check first, and then look for emotional help if it, if you need mm. it. And and there's no shame in looking for emotional help because no. a lot of people, if 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 listening here today if, if you know any anything like me I really didn't want to go down that route it was the bit that I really sort of would deny in myself that I needed any help but actually that's precisely where the resistance is is often where you need the input mm. you know and it's normal to feel um a little bit reticent I guess about opening up to someone that you don't know but you'll never regret I think allowing yourself to be witnessed in where you are in life and where you might be if you can kind of change those patterns in some more positive mm. way. Um, it's been a real journey for me to discover that my emotions were so key to my health and happiness and, and realising how many years I lived without even awareness of what was going on in my body, you know, being very disconnected from myself. And so it's, it's marvellous that there are people like you around uh, doing this amazing work and helping people to kind of live better lives and so if anybody wants to get in contact with you Linda what's the best way they can do that? Well I think um, if you, uh, people can go to my website which is www.awakenthechange.com and you'll find lots of information there and you can click on and get a free initial consultation have a chat on the phone you know we you can ask me any questions you want to ask me and I can help you to decide if I'm the right person to go forward yeah brilliant brilliant because I think actually you touched on it earlier and I meant to raise it was that so much of what we do is about the relational fit isn't it between mm -hmm. the therapist and the person you're working with and you as you said you're working through it together as a team it's not like we're fixing you with our magic wands. We're not doing that at all. We're encouraging you to look at things in a different way and perhaps rebalance yourself and re sort of connect your brain in, in new and much more adaptive ways. Mm. So um, thank you so much for talking to me today and, and sharing your expertise and your willingness to uh, talk about the subject that no one wants to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, well, thanks, um, Tricia. It's yeah, good talking yeah. to you as well. And thank you for raising this important aspect that you know, perhaps people now will just stop and think about. 
Yeah, hopefully so. Hopefully so. And, and folks, if you've enjoyed this, please subscribe. And if you want to contact me, you can find me on alchemytherapies.co.uk. You can also find me now on myemotionalaudit.com and my podcast, rebelhealthradio.com. So uh, you can find me in all sorts of ways, doing all sorts of things as ever. Some things don't change. Um, but lovely, lovely to speak with you, Linda. Thank you so much. And Thank bye you. for now. hope you enjoyed listening to rebel health radio do subscribe and look forward to catching you soon